Hello everyone, and welcome to an apotheosis of a bombast number 23. Woohoo! Uh, woohoo, indeed. <laughs> I'm Ultimate Manus, over in England, and today, by the skin of his teeth, is Scott Copperman, all the way over in... An undisclosed location. Yes, he's undercover at the moment. <laughs> he's not in a wetsuit or anything, though, no. like other people that we know. Appearing via remote satellite connection. Also known awesome. as Skype. <laughs> using a bolly to send the signals that's right well so how are you then what are you doing over there i'm good um, i'm just uh visiting um uh, my parents actually i'm at my parents house for a couple of days excellent but the weather has turned so now i'm inside on the computer have you been doing much over there the main thing i've been doing their house is on a lake and my goal is to capture on videotape a fake Loch Ness Monster kind of sighting. Because uh, you, you've seen, you know, they talk about, oh, you know, there's wake when there's nothing there and you get the ripples in the water. And I mean, I, I'm fully aware of how that's all, a ho- not a hoax, but it's a naturally occurring phenomenon. Yep. And very often the lake is perfectly clear and I could do a wide panning shot and get kind of that, ooh, there's something under the water creating a wake moving across when there's no boats anywhere to be seen. So every time I... I'm out there seeing that. I'm thinking, I'm going to get the camera, take a picture, and then I think, I'll do that next time. (laughs) (laughs) I know I can put it up on YouTube, and it would be, I could put all the disclaimers I want saying, I know this is fake footage, but it would spread. It would it would become part of the many monster sighting evidence that would be out there. And you could create that though, couldn't you? Oh yeah. You could easily create that. You you could put like a t-shirt on a uh, a fishing line, Mm -hmm. and drag that through the water, and then just. Uh, use Photoshop maybe to get rid of the fishing line. Even without that, I've been talking to my son a couple times about, I guess, that famous Loch Ness monster sighting where they put like a toy submarine under upside down and filmed it from a distance. We, we've yep. been just uh, without a camera, but just by plain eyesight staging some f- fake uh, Loch Ness monster sightings and being like, I just keep saying, just think if we took the camera and maybe put a few things in the background and make it look like it was bigger than it really was, we could stage our own thing. That'd be wicked. So far, it's all talk, no action. One day. One day I'll do it. And then I'll make myself famous for having discovered the (laughs) the Lock Winnipesaukee monster. Winnipesaukee? Winnie. I'll give it a nickname, make some t-shirts. Yeah, it could be Winnie, couldn't it? Awesome. That's right. Winnie and Nessie. I'll have to look. There might be a a Winnie. And there'll be programs. Yeah. (laughs) There'll be programs trying to get Nessie and Winnie to marry right. and have kids. And I'll Aww. talk about how I was driving home one night on the road and I saw something in the bushes and it was definitely not a bear and it was, you know, <laughs> I won't actually say what it was. I'll just keep saying what it wasn't. And the implication <laughs> will be it was the monster. It's just a local <laughs> yeah. cottage in. Some poor guy fell asleep on the side of the road. <laughs> So what did you think of the uh, battle scene that I added to the start of episode 22? I almost mixed some audio of you in there, but I figured it was actually better if it, it was like I was trying to rescue you or call out to you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really, really good, but it was... Um, 
It was a little bit weird hearing Elder <laughs> <laughs> coming over the airwaves. Oh, oh no! Oh dear! Your wife didn't hear you doing that, did she? Nobody was home for that. No. <laughs> in true card Bosman form, I did that all in private. I don't blame you. Imagine her walking in and you, you <laughs> laying on the floor going, Elden, I think you're taking this a little bit seriously. <laughs> I always actually wanted to be um, someone who made like music videos, but not, not necessarily rock videos. But you know how during a sporting event, they'll show, um, like during the Olympics, they have yep. that exciting music and, and they have cuts of people pole vaulting and doing the cycling racing and weightlifting. And it's all like perfectly in sync with the music yeah that i always wanted to do stuff like that which actually i guess nowadays i can with the internet but yeah i remember when i was a, a little kid i borrowed my um my dad's little stereo and he had a, a plug-in microphone and my wife used to have my friends around and we used to interview uh it's a bit like this really mm-hmm. but without skype yeah but i was interviewing my friends uh at the age of seven and nine and then we'd play a record and then we'd interview other people and he'd be one of my friends would pretend to be a vampire and <laughs> other little bits like that and that yeah, you know, I've always wanted to do something similar to that and then twenty years later, here I am, sitting at my yeah. desk doing That's this. <laughs> Big kid I am. That's right. Well did you get any reaction to uh your Transformers review? Anybody rip you for not loving the movie? I haven't had any Bad stuff, yeah. I'm I'm expecting more bad stuff about the uh, the Megan Fox hate that I gave over. I haven't had anything, though. Not yet, though. I don't think but it came again. across so much as because uh, you did qualify it afterward that I mean she was cute. It just wasn't it wasn't what it could have been, and that the uh, collagen infused lips were just a bit too much. They were. They really were, <laughs> and they they said um a lot of her acting got cut on the onto the uh, cutting room floor though, didn't they? Yeah. Or that's what she's claiming anyway. Yeah, I heard on a different podcast, um, this, this Paul Goble podcast I, I mentioned a couple times. He, he was talking about how, um, actually, let me back up a sec. He he was the TV geek on this TV show, Beat the Geeks, and then there was a movie geek. And in the game show, you had to, to out out answer these experts on subject matter. So he was interviewing the movie geek, and, and they were talking about how DVDs now are so cheap. They're actually cheaper than the soundtracks to the movies. Yep. And the movie geek was lamenting how, you know, it used to be a movie would come out, and it had all the extras and deleted scenes and things like that. And now it seems like, like Transformers 2 is out. Probably at Christmas you'll be able to buy Transformers 2 on video. It'll be pretty cheap, but it won't really have anything in it. And then in five or ten years, there'll be the special edition or the golden edition or something. And that's where you'll finally get to see behind the scenes and making of and deleted scenes and things like that. Yeah, they tend to do that in six months uh, batches, really, don't they? Yeah, like the second wave. Yeah, yeah, I remember when... um... Oh, what's the second Jurassic Park film? Lost World. Yeah. When when that came out on VHS over here, and that was only available up until, uh, for three months, four months, mm-hmm. and then they said they're going to scrap it. That's it. You're not going to get it anymore. And obviously now you can get it on DVD and Blu-ray and blah, blah, blah. But that was it. They said no more. And I'm, I've lost count on how many times I've bought Star Wars. Yeah. 
I bought the uh, originals, and then I bought the extended versions. Mm-hmm. And I haven't bought anything on DVD yet. I'm waiting for either the Blu-ray or the, the six-pack. Well, the DVDs are worth it because they actually have deleted scenes. A couple of interesting deleted scenes from the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Which sometimes they have them with a little bit of lead-in, and they talk about why they deleted it, and and that's pretty good. Sometimes things like that, they're just haphazard, and they're so out of context, it's tough to enjoy. Yeah. Um, a loss sometimes does that. They have uh, deleted scenes on one of the years. It, it's just quick cuts, and it's like, wow, that, <laughs> that, I don't even remember where that's from. But um, I, I enjoy those kind of things when, the, when they're in there, and I know at least... I don't know if it's Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, but there's a couple of good deleted scenes in that. But now you can get a lot of that on the internet, too. Yeah. No, I haven't seen any yet. I'm assuming it's all going to be on uh, YouTube, lots of these deleted scenes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to end up going... I almost went to go see that the other day, Transformers 2, just because I got my little boy, and it's it's good, uh, mindless, kill-a-couple-hours entertainment. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's loads of kablamo moments. Oh, yeah. There's... Lots of explosions and fire and bits that you can't really make out what's going on. But you've got to bear in mind it's nearly two and a half hours long. And I I personally think it's an hour too long. Well, I, I think there's kind of a dry spell right now. You know, We're in the middle of July. And here in the U.S. they just released um, the Harry Potter movie. They have the Johnny Depp, Christian Bale movie came out recently. Yeah. But as far as that kind of shoot em up, blow up, uh, superhero-y kind of movie, you know, where Star Trek's already a little old. Uh, well, I think that was old. that was the um, the summer blockbuster, wasn't it? The Star Trek. I think everyone was a bit scared of releasing a film around that sort of time, just in case it clashed with that and disappeared to the bargain bin. Well, I read, uh, actually read today in the paper here, I guess Harry Potter was supposed to be out last year, and they pushed it back because this was a, a dead weekend. There was no other blockbusters released this past weekend. Right. This coming weekend. I guess it's this coming one, because it just came out this week. But, um, I mean, Star Trek got pushed back. That was supposed to be a Christmas release. And now they're pushing that Green Lantern movie I saw they pushed back to 2011 already. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you about, that. Mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Yes. Is the Green Lantern the same as the Mekon? I don't know. I don't know what the Mekon is. Do you not? Have you ever heard of Dan Dare? No. Eagle Comics? Nope. Oh, I wonder if that's just a British thing then. I can take a quick look online. Yeah. Uh, Eagle Comics, it's been... I don't know if it's still running or not. I used to buy it as a kid. But there's a... a oh, what's his name? I can't even remember his name now. Anyway, this this guy was it Dan Dare? Did I just I just said Dan Dare, didn't I? There you go. This guy used to battle with the, um, an alien called the Mekon, and he had a big green head, and he used I to float him, around yeah. on thing. And I was just wondering if it's the same thing, or someone's ripping something off, or you know, the Green Lantern has um, a ring that basically turns anything that he can imagine. It, it manifests it in energy in. Uh, as a ball of energy, so he pictures a giant hammer, a giant catcher's mitt, a sword, a shield, energy beam. Um, there's a Green Lantern who's a uh, graphic designer, so 
his things are real ornate. He pictures these real complicated things. And basically, through the strength of willpower, it, it takes his thoughts and makes them real. Right. So, like, in, in the old comic books, it would be... If he's trying to stop a bunch of uh, bank robbers, he'd put himself on a an imaginary horse with a jousting <laughs> lance and a shield, and he'd bowl right through them and knock them all down and, you know... Uh, Maybe make a giant greens fly swatter and swat them, and <laughs> you know it, it's it, back in the in coinier days. And the big thing was his ring had some sort of natural impurity that it couldn't affect the color yellow. Right. So his arch enemy was a guy who had a yellow ring that did okay. all the same things. So I, I'm just seeing a, a scary movie two version of this film coming out already. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's how it it was back in the 60s and and 70s, even the Super Friends cartoons, it was that kind of thing. But um, it's it's evolved to be where he's one of the more powerful superheroes around. Yeah. And and actually, space is divided up into 3,600, they're called sectors, and each sector has its own Green Lantern. So, like, where Krypton was has a Green Lantern. And when he comes to where Yellow Sun is, it's basically superhero, a uh, Superman yeah. with this extra ring. So he's actually considered like the most powerful of the Green Lanterns. Whoa. But, but you know, the, the Earth hero is, of course, the most storied and the most celebrated. And they have this thing going on. You saw um, on Twitter, I think you referred uh, Qualms to me, to yes, yeah. Green Lantern. And I was telling him, Right now, there's this whole thing going on. Um, Alan Moore, who wrote The Watchmen, had written basically just a a 16-page story about not even Earth's Green Lantern, about a different Green Lantern who went to a planet, and he was told a prophecy about the destruction of the universe and the Green Lanterns, and how one day there would be yellow lanterns and blue and orange, and they would fight. So this was 1986 that the story was written. And over the last... um, Gee, I guess it was probably about the last four years. All the pieces of that have been starting to happen, and and uh, they're just about to start what's called the Blackest Night, and that's where all eight colors come together and and do battle. Right. So it's not not a good time to jump in, <laughs> in that sense. But in anticipation of the movie that's coming out, they've released a, an animated film. I think it was yesterday, and they're kind of you can get a lot of retro stuff and, and kind of get up to speed without getting into all this. Are they testing the water with the animated movie? Um, well, they they recently have done a couple of... Uh, they did Wonder Woman, I saw. They did a Justice League one, Superman versus Doomsday, which was the story of the death of Superman and, and his reincarnation. So I, I think it's just part of that package. But I'm sure mm-hmm. if this bombs completely, that'll affect the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, Green Lantern's always been... He was the first comic book that I bought as a teenager. And uh, that first storyline that I had bought into uh, was really good. So I, it's always been a favorite of mine. So. Yeah. Well, when I look at this uh, at this Mekon guy... Yeah. I could see where you would think it was a connection, but it's... Is it totally different? It doesn't appear to be. Yeah. Uh, the Eagle appeared in news agents in 14th of April, 1950. So it's been going on since then. 
Green Lantern is a, a traditional superhero in the sense of, you know, he's all-powerful, <laughs> far too strong to be stopping criminals, yep. um, has his his moral d- dilemmas and stuff. And, and they've taken this particular char- set of characters. They've really gone places lately. But um, if you ever if you ever decide you want to read uh, some old comic books, there's in 1992 is when they, they did the death of Superman. That's Superman battled Doomsday and, and apparently died. And then they're coming out to be four different incarnations of Superman. Mm-hmm. And that's there's a cyborg Superman, there's a Superboy, there's Steel, which is the movie that uh, Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> was in, and there's I forget the other one's name. A cyborg Superman. Oh, cyborg Superman is badass. Hank Henshaw is is a character in the DC universe who basically does the same thing that the Fantastic Four do. He goes up on a on a spaceship and cosmic rays bombard the ship. And oh right, okay. One yeah. of his crew. Uh, turns super white hot. Another one turns into like a monster. His girlfriend kind of dematerializes. And I forget what ends up happening to him as a result of the radiation, but basically his consciousness is transferred to metal. And uh, and then over the years, he's, he fights Superman, and, and it's almost impossible to kill him because he keeps transferring his sentience into some sort of metal nearby. Yeah. And then as some big plot to discredit Superman, he comes back as the cyborg Superman. Basically, he gets... You know the ship that they launched Superman to Earth in from from Krypton when Krypton blew up. Yeah, he yeah. finds that metal and he puts his consciousness in that, and then he has enough of Superman's DNA in there that he can kind of pass any kind of test. Ooh. It's he's got all Superman's powers and he's tough. He's he's a major player in this whole Green Lantern battle now. Yeah, so not to spoil too much, but it's just creepy looking too. It's a, a, a metal skeleton for half the body, and then Superman's body for half the body. Ooh, Looks like the Terminator. Creepy. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Creepy. Yep. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, should we crack on with some stories? And have you got any stories? Sure. Or? Well, the only thing I had is uh, kind of relevant. Um, today on the Discovery Channel here, they're doing a, a special about <clears throat> um, alien life. So, what's... It's called Are We Alone? And it's a two-hour special chronicling the last 40 years of searching for alien life. And, you know, it's it's a must-record for us in our house. (laughs) So it's called Are We Alone? I don't know when it'll be on again, but uh, I'm hoping it's pretty good. But probably about a month ago, my son and I were watching another special on Discovery Channel about Venus. And they were talking about how there's good chance there's life on Venus. You don't really ever hear anybody talk about it. But they did some sort of test on Venus. And there's an article which I'll put in in uh, the show notes here. The article is actually from March, but I only stumbled on it recently. But anyway, I guess the the atmosphere of Venus is very much like what you find near some of the hot springs on Earth. That kind of sulfuric acid in the air. Yeah. Super hot. And whatever it is, they can find certain spots on Earth that are, are nearly identical in, in makeup to the atmosphere of Venus. Okay. So in Venus, they were they projected all these sensors and, and probes, and one of the things they found was something in the sky was reflecting or absorbing one of the sensors more than it should have, and I think it was ultraviolet light. And did some checking, and they noticed that wherever that was happening, there was this dark cloud um, on one of the images, and it seemed to be moving around the planet, and it, it looked very much like you would see like a, a swarm of plankton or, or algae yep. on Earth in the ocean. So. They went to the spot on Earth where the atmosphere is kind of the same, like right outside these hot springs. They took some some bacteria on Earth that can survive in that conditions, and 
and kind of put it in the, in the area. And then they yeah. checked later and did an air sample above it, and they found that some of that bacteria could actually kind of fly in the air and survive in the air for a long awesome. amount of time. What, just hovering in, on the winds? Yeah, or yeah, in the, in the cloud. But, but so anyway, in, in this um, simulated atmosphere, they found that this life could exist, and then they said, well, and that's, that's just here on a quick test. They feel that there's a good chance there might have been life on the ground, and over millions of years, it evolved into being more more conducive to flying and that's awesome which is kind of weird because you don't hear anything about it but i've seen it now twice on discovery channel on different shows and then there's this article that i'll put in the show notes and i'm sure there's other ones i just grabbed this one quick but i thought that was pretty neat and it's funny for my son it didn't phase him at all i don't know if it's all the star wars and star trek but the thought that there might be life on venus he's like "Eh, yeah well it would be It'd be just like they said, bacteria. Yeah. Pretty cool. It, it's like when they found the um, the life hanging around the smokers down at the bottom of the oceans, and they said that there was no, absolutely no chance of any life hanging around them smokers because there's no sunlight penetrating the water, mm-hmm. and yet yet they're feeding off the minerals in there. They they can survive at the boiling temperatures, and you know, I, I think that. The view on life now is if there's water, then there can be life. Yes. It, it, it can um, use photosynthesis or any other, any other ways of uh, producing and gaining materials and dividing their cells and, and anything along them lines. As long as there's water around, then you, you can have life. Yeah. And I just think that's awesome. You know, obviously, if you're in a an atmosphere, hopefully you're going to have some moisture up there. And why why not? Why not? But I find it interesting how much the focus is on Mars and whether there might be water. And, and yet here you have um, a very good chance that there's some form of life. And there's still a push more toward examining a world that's that's assumed to be dead but maybe yeah. habitable for us as opposed to live but inhospitable to us. So yeah. I don't know if that's just the lack of attention this got. Um, and, and I might end up looking real foolish at some point when they sit there and go, oh, that, this is just one more thing where people reacted too quickly. But I, I find it credible and I, I find credible people um, – talking about it it's not like the ufo shows where you see the same quote-unquote experts (laughs) defending things this this is where it's the head of such and such famous planetarium and you know the guy from nasa who's working on the project to study it further you know that's that always gives me a reason to believe it more yeah i'd I'd like to believe the venus story more than aliens coming down in my nearest uh, crop field and landing there oh yeah because I, I know my luck. I'll, I'll get nicked off by them. I'd lose a couple of hours, and I'll be on their uh, their examination table. You know how <laughs> kids sleep with their yeah. butts in the air, and they're just totally out cold, mm-hmm. snoring away. I'd be like that. I'd have two hours missing, and just my luck. Instead of having one anal probe stuck at my bottom, there'd be another alien just standing next to the doctor, going, "Go on, go on, just try two. Go on, <laughs> see what'll happen." <laughs> It'd just be my luck, and I'll wake up in my bed, and I'll, and I'll soar, dear. <laughs> it, 
there's something about this that it just it fits to me everything that they said would happen. Like when you, um, I don't know if you watch a lot of those shows where they talk about life on other planets, but they say it's going to be something small that you find at first, or something completely foreign from what we expect. You know, it's not yeah, going to be the little gray man who wears a bodysuit and is two eyes, five fingers, five toes. No, we're not going to recognize it at all. Yeah. We could even be looking in totally the wrong areas. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's pretty cool. And so you said this, this one article that I'm, I know I have a link to is from the 23rd of March, but I saw something less than a week or two ago on TV, and I'm sure if you can catch anything relatively current about aliens or Venus on one of the science channels, it's definitely yeah. going to get referenced. Oh, I'm going to look out for that then. But so that was the only bit of news that I had. Right. My pieces of news. I've got two pieces of news here. Uh, one's from July the 10th. And it's, funny enough, in New Jersey again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's not very funny, though. That's the only thing. Um, a man fell into a vat of chocolate and died. Poor fella. He was uh, working part-time at this place. He was... Um, Dropping solid parts of chocolate into a big vat. It's about eight foot deep, this unit. Mm-hmm. Where, and he was standing on a ledge, and apparently he just slipped into the, the vat of chocolate where he was dropping his cubes. And I think there was mixing blades in there. One of them donked in on the head. And that was it. It was all game over from there on. Now, was that uh, national news? Was that news of the weird? How did you... Uh, did that make the uh, paper near you? Or... Oh no 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 no! I I normally look at Fark oh, okay. to find silly bits because it got it got a little bit of of coverage, but just I don't want to say uh, page seven, page eight, yeah, of, of the local news, and then not it wasn't local per se, but um, but then that was it. It's just kind of sad that somebody somebody died in a vat of chocolate, and uh, I, I guess there's not enough glam and no one famous responsible and. <laughs> No, it's just got buried underneath yeah. all the other hypes of celebrities dying. Yeah, yeah. but that's how, how is um I'm a celebrity get me out of here going to go this year though? Do you ha- have that program over uh, in yes. America? Yes, yes, they had. Um... They're running out of celebrities fast, aren't uh, they? Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do. <laughs> I try and stay away from all them you know, Big Brothers and so forth. I, I'm, I used to be a fan of them, but not anymore. No way. They're just. Boring and dull now. Big Brother US just started this past week, past Thursday, and my wife is from the very beginning. She's been the Big Brother loyalist. She loves it. And then because really? we all get hooked in because we it's three nights a week. You gotta give up TV time or recording time and such. And is that where you get it? Three nights a week? Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And then on uh, cable, you can catch after you know behind the scenes raw footage. You lucky gits. We get it every single boxy uh, night. Seven days a week for three months. I think we've talked once before about how this version is different than yours. That the, um, the way people are voted in and out and such. Is di- I think it started like yours and they've kind of evolved the American version. Now everything goes on in the house. There's a head of household and veto competitions and such. I haven't seen much of this year's. So I think I've seen about two maybe three Hmm. episodes and that's only by accident (laughs) it's not not through choice to be honest well marianne's a big fan of it and and i have to admit i've seen it i'm familiar with it 
this year they've broken the house guests into teams based on high school cliques. There's yeah, um, athletes, popular kids, brains, and offbeat. And so if, if the way it's set up with nominations and such, if if your clique is in power, then you're you're kind of protected for a week. But what so, a load of rubbish! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, this story got me thinking. Um, ways to die, really. The best ways to die. Um, I know a lot of people that wouldn't mind dying a death of chocolate, would they? But he, Obviously, they don't want to be hit on a, a head with a big vein. That's the thing. He didn't it, exactly but... uh, go Augustus Gloop style. And, no, he didn't and know. It was, he never even got the chocolate. No, but there's been a question running around my head for years and years now about best ways to die and worst ways to die mm. and... There's two that it's an either or, and you only have to choose one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put it out to you now. Okay. Either your parachute fails or shark attack. See, the fear element for me is the duration, and they both have that awareness of it happening. Yeah. Um, See, I think with the shark attack, I'm pretty sure uh, and animals in the wild, they have pain receptors that shut down uh, your nervous systems when you start getting attacked hmm. and mauled and juggler action. And There's still the so drowning. Ma- Don't sharks drown you? They pull you under and suffocate you and such? I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be bothered about drowning if I'm in a shark's mouth. That's the only thing. I, I don't know what I'd rather go for, though. I'm really torn between your parachute not working. I think parachute. Do you reckon? I think so. I think there's just something about... Not that you'd be at peace with it, but... The process itself, while terrifying, is there's nothing you can do about it, and then it, it would be an instant actual death once you strike the ground, as opposed yeah. to feeling things being ripped off or, oh. you, know, <laughs> you know, getting thrashed about in the in the mouth, and it, I I just picture uh, the shark attack being much more violent. Yeah. See, with that that story, you can go. A lot other, a lot more different ways with either or. Mm. And I think I put on a forum once. Uh, uh, was it lightsaber or hoverboard? What one would you go for? Well, how would you die on hoverboard? Or am I thinking? Oh no, not not dying. Just just oh. pure either or, really. Oh, I'd say. Although death by hoverboard, bloody hell. <laughs> there's there's a show here called Robot Chicken, and they they do parodies of of uh, different famous actors and, and movies and it's all uh, claymation type so they had the scene where obi-wan and qui-gon are using the lightsabers to cut their way into the uh, trade federation ship at the opening of phantom menace yeah and qui-gon drops the lightsaber and it yeah. cuts through the next floor <laughs> down to the next floor <laughs> you know it's just the the comedy bit is it cuts through eight levels as it drops just there we go through so I picture there being some inherent risk to owning a lightsaber, but yeah, I think if I knew how to use it, I'd prefer a lightsaber. I'd go for lightsabers straight away. Hoverboards are cool, man, but lightsabers, yes, <laughs> definitely have one of them. Uh, right, moving on okay. to my next news: a spectacular collision between a low-flying sports airplane and a car left five people injured oh, in Germany. No one was hurt. Well, no one was killed or anything like that but a 45 year old biplane pilot had reported being looping the plane 
near an airfield in Germany mm-hmm. where he drove. Oh, sorry, where he dove so low that he skimmed a field of grain. At the last moment, he tried to bring the plane up, but instead he hit a car driving along the airfield road at the same time. <laughs> I picture him in the plane going, "Get out of the way! Get out of the way!" Yeah, yeah, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. Trying to body English the car to the side. Get out of my way. Go pick a lane. Yeah. <laughs> but, like the motor scooter people you're talking about and, you know, the old ladies who ride home on the roads. Yeah. They just, like, he's trying to just pick a side, pick a side. Just move, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to think when he crashed it, because he, there's a picture of the plane upside down here with a big dent in the front of the, the ground where the propeller's gone in. Oh, it landed upside down? Or it flipped it? It. I think it's caught the the uh, car with its wheels, mm-hmm. and then obviously it's Tripped over. dug its nose in and then flips over. Everyone's got out fine. People were treated for shock. I think there was a ten-year-old girl in the um, in the car, mm-hmm. which is you know, thank Christ, nothing happened to them. Yeah, I'd like like to think that the pilot got out and went, ta-da! <laughs> I meant to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like a glove. Did they respond to the pilot in any way? Was it the pilot was at fault? Did they call him hero for saving their lives or like you're sparing finding a way to land without killing anybody? Um, there's nothing in here about it. I don't think I'd be congratulating the pilot for hitting my car though. No, so not thank you for not killing me. Yeah, I guess it depends on whether he did something wrong that actually caused the accident in the first place. But it's funny how blame kind of gets thrown around sometimes or. You know, like here in the United States, there was the airplane that landed on the Hudson after it struck a bird, which was yeah clearly not the pilot's fault. And the pilot managed to land the jet on water, which is such a rare feat. And, you know, and, yeah. and he's celebrated all around, and deservingly so. But you know, here's this other pilot, and had he managed to avoid the car, would they be saying, "What a great feat of piloting skill"? Or is he yeah. <laughs> the doofus who caused the accident in the first place? No, there's nothing written here about that. But, I don't know, he's obviously doing stunts, and he he's actually doing it over an airfield as well, so you've you got to expect airplanes in the air over an airfield, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you know the guy he, driving along the road, he sees the plane come, and he's like, come on, baby, hurry up. He's <laughs> wishing he got the car fixed a couple of weeks ago. He's like, come on, I should have put it in high test. To get out. <laughs> actually, we had... um. Uh, Apaches test flying over at our house today. Oh, wow. I, haven't, I haven't seen them around here before. Uh, there was a, I went out on a mountain bike ride uh, just before I came on here, mm-hmm. and normally you don't see them. You, you, you get the odd jet go over, yeah. but they're hovering over all the uh, crops and uh, just, just hovering, really. And then they did a couple of manoeuvres, and then they flew off, and then they flew back ro- directly over our house, which was awesome. Is there a base nearby, or you think they were on a carrier somewhere? Or? There's there's a n- numerous amount of bases around here. They they could be from anywhere. They they could be from Rendlesham, or they could be f- from up near uh, Cambridge. Mm. I know uh, Norwich has a lot of airfields up there, and they have a lot of tornadoes and jaguars flying around. Yeah, yeah quite a lot. Oh, which reminds me, when I was on my bike ride, our our men listeners may be able to relate to this. I was going down a hill, and have you ever been riding a mountain bike, and you just get a little slap from the seat mm-hmm. onto one of your um yes. your friends down below? I understand. That's yes, the yes. most painful thing, <laughs> isn't it? it? It's not even a, a big thud. I, I think I could cope with a big thud, but just a little tap, just a little <laughs> dink. 
and then you doubled over in pain. Yeah. All this pain shooting up your sides. No. It's the worst thing, man. Saddle slap is horrible. <laughs> I, I can relate. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Oh, it's gross. Uh, yeah, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but that's the end of my news right. for this week. So aliens, plane crashes, and death by chocolate. All right, well, um, as far as websites go, can you get addictinggames.com? Addictinggames.com. Yeah, addictinggames.com. Right, so there's a game on this Addicting Games website called Adventure Factory, which will include a a link in the show notes. And it's it's a great game for really anyone. But if you're looking to make a real basic little game, you put your... Pick your character, pick your background, put some risks, set a goal. I guess they call it a 2D game, where you're trying to go up and down and get from one end of the screen to another. But it's it's pretty cool. And uh, it's definitely worth it. Like I said, if you have yeah. someone under the age of 13 in your life, my son has just been hooked on it. He's, you can save your progress. You can go back and play the game. You can send it to someone else, make minor tweaks. And especially the little ones, they kind of learn a lot about what goes on with the game and how, like, oh, you, you have to make it winnable. Yeah. <laughs> First time my son did it, he put like a thousand obstacles and, you know, you can test the game, you go back and cool. you change it. So overall, it's pretty cool. But, you know, as as an adult player of the games on the site, uh, I go there probably once or twice a week and find um, something that kills a good hour. Yeah. <laughs> There's, um, yeah. A, a lot of them are games that people probably already know. I'm trying to play it now, actually. Ooh, horrific. Uh, a lot of stick figure fighting games and line games and... But yesterday we were playing Escape the Bathroom, which uh, it's, it's number four in an escape series of games. And the idea is you wake up somewhere, you don't know how you got there, you don't really um, need to know. You just have to get out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and there's a bunch of clickable, interactable things. So you know you can break the medicine cabinet, you can work the plunger in the toilet, you can. Um, Mix some baking soda you find, and it, it's kind of neat. But my son spent about 20 minutes trying to get his way out of that. That's kind of cool. It's quite good, actually. I've just knocked one up just now. Yeah, the, the adventure And I got to the door. Yeah, I got to the door. So I'm the winner. There you go. There's a couple of really good ones on there. Do you remember the pipes games? Where yes. you had to build the pipes? Well, that kind of thing is there as well. They were so frustrating, them Pipes games. They were brilliant, but so frustrating. I used to have that on uh, my Amiga 500. Yeah. It was one of them free games. You used to buy the computer and get 10 or 15 games free. Yeah. And it was one of them, and I remember playing that for hours, even though it's a rubbish game. It done my head in. And you know, I, I literally spent weeks on that, playing that, and not getting anywhere at all. I think there's lots of games like that that I used to play. Yeah. That you... You do spend a lot of time on them, and you get nowhere. Well, uh, there was another one called Cadaver that I used to play. It was like a 3D um, romp around uh, like a castle, mm-hmm. and and you had to find out problems. And I remember walking around the same four rooms for about a year. <laughs> I'd, I'd go back to it and go, right, okay, this time I'm going to get a bit further. And I'd, I wouldn't get further. I'd die straight away, and I'd go in the same four rooms, and just, oh, God, tear yeah, me away from me. there was always some secret... Thing that you didn't know, the guy down the street knew, but you just didn't know. And it was yeah. something stupid, like you had to go put the red key in the blue hole. You know, somehow. Oh, them, them games done my head in as well. There's another one. I, I think you can get it on like an emulator, but there's one from the BBC emulator. It's called Citadel. Mm-hmm. 
and it's a brilliant, brilliant game if you get far. I had a friend who had it. Do you remember the big, big floppy disks? Yeah. The huge things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had it on that on a BBC computer, and he used to get so far in it. It was literally run into this room, pick up the green key, run to the green door, <laughs> go yeah. through the green door to the yellow key, pick up the yellow key, climb up the blue ladder, go along there, kill the ghosts, and open the blue door or yeah. the yellow door, whatever it is. And I remember going through the same four, five, six rooms and not getting anywhere. But my friend who knew how to do it, yeah. he'd have it done within 20 minutes. And then he'd get on. There was an outside bit with uh, uh, radio telescopes and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wicked, that's awesome. And then there's water and you have to go down the line. And I've got the map to do it. And I remember a year ago I tried it. And I couldn't get any further than what I did. And, oh, I, I'd i love to revisit it again and see if I could do it because I'm I'm playing a lot more sophisticated games now. But they're so much easier than the old games that we used to battle against and not get anywhere with. I think a lot of those things you can find, like you said, emulated online or... Because the code, I mean, what was a cartridge or a floppy disk then is a tiny little file now. Yeah. But it, you poke around the site because there's a lot of things... Like that, a lot of copies of games you knew, like Donkey Kong is now, uh, you know, Monkeyzilla, <laughs> but yeah. it's basically the same game. You know, Pac-Man is is Eater, things like that. But I mean, there, it's it's definitely a good place to go when you have a few minutes you need a distraction, but it's easy to get sucked in there for a long time. And and yeah. some of it's junk, but there are a couple of really good things. Yeah, they they need to bring out all these old Amiga games for free download. I think. Well, uh, as you know, I'm here on Borrowed Time, so we should probably wrap this episode up. But I, I think that website, although it's only one, has got plenty of things to explore. So I hope everybody does that. And uh, if you have a game you find in there you think we should feature, you know, send it to us and we'll mention it in a future episode. Yes, definitely. But as a parting shot, I think we need a moral. And I think it has to be something related to the tragedy in New Jersey the of the chocolate bat. So Poor little fella. I know. And he was only part-time as well. I think the key Poor is he fella. was swimming alone. So I think the, the today's moral has to be don't go swimming alone in the vat of chocolate. Yes. If he'd been following the buddy system, he would have gotten out. Oh, possibly, yeah. Oh, how sad. Maybe they didn't have a wooden sign saying don't swim in the chocolate. Maybe that would have saved his life. That's probably the new company policy. <laughs> <laughs> Buddies, buddy system all the time in the chocolate bats. Yeah, all right, then we'll leave it on that then. <laughs> all right, so we'll be back next week with our regular schedule, regular routine, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. And I guess that's it. You know our emails, you know where to follow us on Twitter, you know the show notes are there for you, so make use of it all. Yes, please do. All right, and we'll see you next week. Adios, people. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>